Hi, welcome to Healing Chronic Illness with Marley. This is season two. This season, we're going to be interviewing some experts in the field. So join us on our journey back to health and wellness. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. I'm really honored again to get to share with you hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I'm sure a lot of you who've had chronic illness, any type of traumatic brain injuries or just autoimmune problems have heard about HBOT. So uh, this is Mr. Kevin Hertelbrink. He has Revolution Hyperbaric in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I met you, Kevin and Veronica, in the early 2000s when we studied in the College of Natural Health together. Yes. So, Good morning, yeah. Marley. Good, Good, morning. Good to be with you. Welcome. It is absolutely beautiful. Your new tank in the back. That's an addition since I was there. And do you affectionately call it Perry? <laughs> uh, we do not call it Perry. We call it the clear chamber. The clear chamber. I tell you, for people that deal with any type of claustrophobia or anxiety, which a lot of brain injured people do, that yes. must be a breath of fresh air. I should actually send you and Veronica a picture of when I started hyperbaric. I did it in 2020, I started, and I started it in Melbourne, and they put a rubber collar dam around my neck with a plastic hood over it and then put me in a chamber with a bunch of people. So you couldn't sip water, you couldn't move. And if, and if I had to take a sip of water and something wasn't decompressed, I uh, had a lady who was not trained in that chamber. I think she worked in insurance claims in the back and they ran out of staffing that day. Okay. She was helping me and they cut off my airflow. And for somebody who was already oh. in, was, that's when I said, all right, so I've been ordered this many dives for my brain injury. I'm, I'm going to go see Kevin and Veronica. So that's when I left the state and came to Oklahoma and right before COVID and I got two months worth of treatment, which yeah, was really yeah. great. So anyway, Kevin, if you could just kind of give us a general history of hyperbaric, I know traditionally it was created for the bends for scuba divers and wounds, et cetera, but yes. you know, take us along how this all developed and came to be. Well, you're right. It, it, it originated with the bends and then they, uh, oops, something else healed uh, in the process of, of treating them for the beds. So that kind of opened, it was an eye opener, got people interested in the, the medical community on, on the roll. I think what it's really kind of got started in 1960 of any significance. Um, we got started, well, anyway, it, um, I think what really put hyperbaric on the map really to make it popular the way it is today, at least in the, the wound care centers is, is they start, insurance started to cover for the, uh, oh, the healing diabetic wounds. And that really opened the door. Suddenly you had um, hyperbaric centers set up. Now, when we got started here in uh, 1999, um, St. John's had just closed their hyperbaric department. And I know that because I meet the guy uh, that was running it and, and I, don't believe at that time the reimbursement was set up to, to wasn't good for them, but they were using it for all kinds of emergency things. Um, but now probably within 10 years, the, the, the diabetic wound care, well, within about five years, the diabetic wound care 
coverage started happening and, and you know, boom, all the wound care centers. And so now we have about four hyperbaric hospital or wound care center based here in Tulsa mm. uh, in the last. So that really was what put it on the map. You, you started right. to see the, the management centers aggressively going out and, and promoting and putting in centers. So yeah. wound care, is that the only thing that insurance recognizes as an actual treatment that they'll cover at this point? Because I know everything the, progresses the things, eventually. They, they, have, they have 11, 12, 13 indications that, they, they, that the insurance covers. Um, primarily, when we got into it, we were doing a lot of the, uh, the post-radiation treatment for cancer treatment. We were, uh, that was covered to, now we were treating them to uh, treat them for the injury from the radiation. So, uh, but then there was uh, your non-healing diabetic wounds that came in and like I say, made that really, really popular. Uh, some of the other things were uh, when they put a, when they'd have to put a, a flap or a graft of skin over a, a real bad, it's not healing. And if it didn't heal properly, that was one they would take, they, they would take care of. They would take care of the diving bends. Mm -hmm. And there was um, a bone that, not necrosis in all conditions, sometimes bone necrosis, but uh, uh, bone infection, osteomyelitis, right. and different things. So there's about 10, 10 of the areas. Oh, a real severe, um, low oxygen related uh, thing, which is uh, gangrene. So that, that was another thing covered. So it was pretty isolated. We did a lot of, we did a lot of work with uh, post uh, radiation type of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but there's more to it than that, because I know when I was there, um, you know, insurance recognizes so much. I know right now with the neurofeedback that I do, insurance does not cover it. But oddly enough, <laughs> you know, acupuncture in, uh, is relatively new to be covered. And 10 years ago, chiropractic wasn't. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what has happened for us, though, uh, that we were working with a, a, a very, what shall we say, natural, uh, natural health uh, centered uh, physician for well, about 16 years, 17 years. So um, we, we already did have a, established somewhat of a base of people that were looking for functional medicine type treatment. In other words, they, they knew that they were gonna have to pay for it out of pocket because it wasn't mm -hmm. something to be covered by insurance. And then when Pastor Wooten passed just several few years ago now, right. um, we, reorganize the clinic to a point where we're just, we don't take any insurance anymore. So, right. and that's been, been uh, very useful. And that really kind of triggers back to when you and I were in Dr. Robbins class together, uh, after that, boy, you get a fire lit into you that uh, mm -hmm. there are ways to heal. And that really, that, that took a hold of me and uh, mm -hmm. uh, had some, a few different examples where, well, no, I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail, but there was something that just impressed me that there must have been something different about this world, the way God created. Right. <laughs> and then suddenly after the flood, then things, everybody started living shorter lives and so forth. But that's a pretty complex topic, I know. But yes. Uh, right. I got introduced during the time of the Dr. Robbins uh, era, shall we say. Yeah. I, and a uh, very memorable one, very good one. Yes. Uh, he brought God into everything, and that helped to round out the, the healing process. The, the right. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, I got introduced to the hyperbaric. I don't know where, how, when, but it answered some of the questions I had. Look at the physical 
biology of hyperbaric. Why does it work when the body is subject to a higher increased amount of pressure? In other words, at sea level, let's just call that uh, sea level. But as soon as you go down below sea level uh, exponentially underwater, you begin the pressure on you begins increasing. So in other words, um, at sea level, the oxygen delivery is primarily in the red blood cells. That's mm -hmm. the way we understand it. Um, but as soon as you add even a tenth of pressure, people that would visit down to the Dead Sea region, that's 1,100 feet below sea level, um, it adds about one-tenth of an atmosphere of pressure. That one-tenth of an atmosphere of pressure causes the oxygen to begin dissolving in the fluid of the body. Mm -hmm. Totally changes the dynamics of the healing. So... Right. Um, we don't want to go down to the Dead Sea region, um, you know, for a week at a time or a couple of weeks at a time or a month at a time to affect the healing. But we found that we can begin to reproduce that pattern by putting them in an oxygen, total oxygen environment. Normal pressures for wound care would be up to around two atmospheres. In other words, one additional atmosphere of pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we're at 14.7 PSI at sea level, well, just double that, and you know, it's mm -hmm. almost 30, uh, an extra 15 pounds per, per square inch, basically. Uh, so that's an ideal wound care pressure. That's kind of a starting point. Mm -hmm. uh, there's you'll get between 10, 15 times the level of oxygen that's dissolved into the fluid of the body, into the mm -hmm. fluid of the body, in addition to assuring even the red blood cells, the hemoglobin, are fully loaded with with oxygen. Well, what does oxygen do? There you go. Let's talk about that. Uh, oxidative, it takes a necessary ingredient to be combined with the, the, the micronutrients, the trace minerals of the body. And this chemical reaction is able to, the metabolism, right. the, body, the cells take the, uh, the oxygen, combine it with the nutrients and make energy. Um, that's really inhibited when you have a mitochondrial or a, a dysfunction. A, in the blood that's not uh, enabled to, to make enough energy. You have a problem, you're running on a low battery, so to speak, mm -hmm. and everything is affected. Everything is affected, especially our, our ability to detoxify. And right. that's our new cells, are, our cells are always reproducing, but they're only as healthy as in general, the environment of the body is. So if right. we have a weakened immune system, we're kind of like a stagnant pond. It's right. not. There's life in that pond, but I wouldn't eat the fish out of it. Or, or the <laughs> right. Gonna be healthy. Nothing's going to be functioning the way it is. You're going to have all these distractions like a fungus or, or what is it, the seaweed and so forth coming in um, to, to inhibiting the progress. I was supposed to have turned off that phone. No, anyway. no worries. No worries. Yeah. I, I appreciate um, you blocking time for this. Yeah. No. So yeah. by, by having uh, becoming put in a, in a, in a, a vessel or an environment of increased pressure, now we've multiplied, we've overcome the weaknesses in the blood, we've overcome mm -hmm. or bypassing uh, the mitochondrial dysfunction. So we found mm -hmm. a way to temporarily raise that oxygen level, but not only have we raised the oxygen level to do a magnificent job of getting the toxins out, uh, increasing the pH of the body, Mm -hmm. we have we have triggered the body's own healing mechanism we triggered mm -hmm. that hormone the nitric oxide production system so therefore you can come in for an hour uh I, I know most of your people would probably love to spend a, a 
couple of weeks in Dead Sea region, bathing in the, you know, whatever, there's a lot of healing spas down there. But for those that can't have a hard time getting out of town, uh, right. hyperbaric chamber for about an hour a day. Yeah. Oxygenates, it gets, it just, it just like vacuums uh, the metabolic accumulation, the, the acidity of the body. It, uh, it, in other words, it takes, the, it gets the inflammation out very quickly. Right. See cases where the skeletal problems, lots of pain. Um, we've seen people in one treatment say, wow, this, this has reduced my pain threshold 60, 70%. Right. It wasn't permanent. Mm -hmm. Have to take the stressors away from the immune system. You have to give it a, a, a head start. It's right. the burden of uh, maybe inactivity, maybe mm -hmm. too much activity. We have athletes getting cancer because of two, you know, I mean, there's balance right. in it. Uh, but, uh, anyway, go ahead and better stop me and guide me. No, it's, it's all good because I mean, I know that you see this every day with different people and then you're just absolutely amazed at the body's ability to heal itself. And you're just yes. providing an environment to give it a faster point A to B opportunity, particularly like, you know, having that pure oxygen that can go right into the cell and deliver because you are so saturated. And of course, the deeper you go, the more effective it is, but right. um, to, to some degree, you don't want to overtax and overburden the body, but it's so true about that detox mechanism. And, you know, me having Lyme, let's see, I did 57 total dives. I was ordered 80 I had a spec scan that had shown, you know, traumatic brain injury. I hit my head a lot when I was a kid. I'm sure you have a lot of, I do remember talking to you about different athletes that have come in over the years, but you know, when I had my spec scan done and what it does is it just shows low blood flow to different areas of the brain. Now, was it from actual trauma to the head? Very likely. Cause you know, I played flag football and I was a gymnast and, um, but also getting Lyme disease neurologically, it can cause a traumatic brain injury as well due to the, you know, the co-infection and the spear cuts of the Lyme that bore into the tissue. So to get in there with the oxygen and drive it out, here's what I remember. After my sessions, I mean, and I'm talking two decades of chronic fatigue and pain, I started to notice that my symptom picture started to shift. There was a dimmer switch that started, that was, I mean, it was off offline in a lot of ways, but it would come on because after being in that chamber for an hour, I would leave and go, I have enough energy to go somewhere else now, which was never my, never in my toolkit. Like I just, never had the vitality in my body to do so. And then of course, you know, sleep improves. So many things holistically helps if you can just deliver oxygen to the cell. And you were a good example of an individual that if we went too high a pressure right away, it you would be good for a little bit, but it would wipe you out. We've, yeah, we've there's just too much, much too fast. Yeah. I mean, you can have so. too much of a good thing. And I think for people that have, have autoimmune issues and mast cell issues or high, you know, histamine intolerance, when your body is like, oh, I have all of this oxygen rich blood, I'm ready to go and dump it. You got to go easy because then, you know, you, 
you got to slow it down. But I do know that you had some other therapies there that would complement that. And we could talk about that in a minute. But um, so. So your, uh, but what you went through was a perfect illustration why it gets difficult. So people like to come in and say, is it going to take 10 treatments? Is it going to take two right. treatments, 20 treatments, 40? There's so many variables. Like I have somebody else, sim well, probably to a greater level than, than with you had to go in easy because we got to a point where we were supporting the immune system to help it do what it, it needed to be doing, but there was so much catch-up work, so much catch-up right. cleansing had to be done. Now, if we got the pressure too high, then you were overwhelmed. So imagine this, every cell in the body is saturated with oxygen. Mm -hmm. Cell is saturated with oxygen. All those little mitochondria in there are working overtime. They're working efficiently. They're making lots of energy, mm -hmm. but oops, the body, when it has extra energy, it wants to clean house. Detox, yeah, and you feel rotten. <laughs> priority of itself. So mm -hmm. a watch and see game, you right. ask somebody, you see how they can respond and you can only take them up so fast. And if some people are really uh, aware of their body, they may be a little bit like, oh, no, 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 don't raise no pressure on me today. You know, they, <laughs> so right. I mean, it, it's a working, you treat the person. Not, you know what, and that, that's a beautiful thing that you say that too. And I know that with anything you can, you know, you just ease in and you titrate, even when you're taking supplements or medications, you should ease into it particularly when you have these um, dysregulated immune systems and even people that are dysregulated in their limbic system, because everything's a threat, no matter what you're doing, it's a threat. But what I think is really great about what you're doing there is you can customize it. When I, when I started my treatments where I live, I was in a room with like six or seven other people. There was no, there was no customization. Now the beauty is you've got that clear chamber for people that do struggle with that enclosure feeling. But what, what you guys can't see, but that I know is that you have a ginormous tank that a whole family can sit in. So if you, uh, that's which, a great exaggeration. Careful. Right. You want, well, I tell you, you buses unloading here. Having yeah, <laughs> I, you know what, it was comfortable. You know, I could move around in there. I had a I had a friend who had Lyme who came with me from out of state. We would play cards, and there were times where she wasn't in there that I would go through. I could do a downward dog yoga pose if I wanted and stretch and all of that. You get pretty stretchy yeah. when you're in there too. Yeah, that's but, good. Um, what I really like too is because you treat the whole person. Let's think about healing, say, a child with autism. And I know that you've worked with a lot of people that have flown in from all over just to have that therapy there. You know, autistic children are on high alert and I train them with neurofeedback and I work with them because they have a lot of questions and there's so much dysregulation in the central nervous system. So what's nice is you can treat the whole person individually, but the way to best rehabilitate them is, yeah, let's have brother and sister in the chamber too. Let's have mom in there because that helps them feel calm and regulated and supported. And then they get the benefit as well. Yeah. And we don't charge mom to be in there because believe me, we should be paying her to be in there. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> right. service. Um, we're, you know, we're not so, we can't have one person on all three chambers so every minute of the session. I mean, just, but we can see what's going on, but, but sure. mom, she's, she's heartfelt and, uh, 
yeah. take care of and guides them from one toy to the other. What, you know what I mean? Just keeps them busy. And, well, uh, I tell you, there's so much about when you're repairing the nervous system and dealing with people that are brain injured is that the importance of community and not being alone. And then there's, of course, the co-regulation that happens between parent and child to help the healing process. It's beautiful. And I love that you have that availability there to allow that for people. It's very, very, very special. So um, uh, what are, okay, so what would a typical session look like? Walk us through it. What happens if I'm a new patient? What does that look like if I if I come there for, for treatment, say for migraines, for example? Okay, I'll clarify our pathway. Our pathway is that um, I don't, I'm not, you're not, we try to establish relationship that number one, understand I am not gonna manage your, uh, your disease process or uh, words, um, we're not going to take over management of your health care. Right. Ke yeah, Kevin, Kevin, I'm coming to you to cure me. We know we don't. <laughs> You're just making these things available for people. So what, I what I try to do, though, is in the conversation, um, uh, let's take something like, say, post-COVID. I ever, you know, and they're coming in an oxygen tank and they're not. Having a, they're not able to live without the oxygen tank with them and they're struggling with the oxygen tank. So I kind of get a feel. Are you working with somebody that can address the natural uh, nutritional needs of the body? Are you working with somebody that's already dealing with some natural anti-inflammatories? Or maybe you are working with a physician who's got you on an armload of antibiotics and everything that maybe looks good at first and sometimes has some, little, some side effects afterwards. So I find out where they're at. And I will, I will offer them hyperbaric, even if all of the bases aren't covered because they came for hyperbaric. They're, they're interested in hyperbaric, but I share as many things as I can. I make sure that they're, uh, you know, ivermectin or pembendazole, or they're familiar with chlorine dioxide. In other words, get the basic things or your turpentine, find the basic things that big hitters in any case because typically there is a root cause. Right, There's right. Root cause. Now, hyperbaric, we've had, and that cause, all right, I'll say the magic word, it could be parasites. And that deals with cancers and everything. Right. To deal with the parasite first. I better not, I'll, I'll stay away from that topic too far. Yeah. But, um, but we, we see that is a good place to start. We do encourage, uh, there's other people in our community of, of healthcare that uh, if I see, yeah, yeah, they really need IVs. They need something nutritional go directly in the veins or that. You know, I try to recognize that. I worked with Dr. Wooten for nearly 20 years. Right. We worked around their IV department. So, um, oops, I happen to notice that works. Let me pass that on to you. And I can give you, you might try to get that, that taken care of. But when you're first coming in, we do an evaluation. Um, but my evaluation is not the intent to get a complete medical history of you. I make those notes because the appropriate care, um, right. I want to know that because I want to give you the best chance of, of being, of, of having success through right. the treatment. And success in hyperbaric, sometimes people are, are healed just with hyperbaric despite themselves. And we, we, we learn early on and because we learned in doctor, uh, yes, our, our doctor. <laughs> College of uh, Natural Health. 
Yes, we uh, we learned that there the body does work synergistically. Yeah. If you have a wound over here that's not healing, it, it may have something to do with the pancreas and the liver. You know what I mean? Right. It's a functional thing. The body works together. So we try to, to, to cover those bases. And for that, I, I really appreciate Dr. Robbins because he really started, he put a foundation. Right. Understand the mechanism of the disease and you understand the mechanism of the solution. I bring the two together. So that's what right. I do. That's my antennas are out for that first meeting. It's what things do, do some other things need to come in here and help whatever situation they're presenting. Mm -hmm. um, but then I'll, I'll go over an evaluation that has a list of items that if this were to be your, your condition, then I should be aware of that. Like right. if a lot of a blood pressure medication, hyperbarics, we know it's going to make it work better. Your yes. blood pressure is going to drop crazy. We better pay attention to that. So we right, right. things like that are on there. Do you have a spontaneously collapsing lung? You know, we don't need or MRI to tell that, you know, they're not gasping and dragging their body. I mean, I'm not to be facetious, but yeah. did they recently have a uh, biopsy or were they having fluid drained off their lung recently? That's a compromise that we need to know about that, a compromise that would allow potentially air to get between mm -hmm. the lung. You don't want mm -hmm. the lung collapsing in the chamber. That's it's never happened. That will never happen. <laughs> and we're going to make sure that because yes. we're aware of certain things on our, on our list. So that's the kind of evaluation we do um, because uh, I, of my working relationship with the physicians. We send them over to, to Dr. Edwards. We don't send them over. We send the evaluations over and then we can review. Right. And, uh, and then we'll have a doctor's signature. So now everybody knows that a doctor has witnessed that it is safe for them to be in the hyperbarics. Right. Um, and then if they, they have something they want to come back for a few months or a year or so later, short of any catastrophic uh, right. event in their life, uh, they can basically come back in and they're ready to go into the, the chamber again. Mm -hmm. Unlike, well, anyways, we won't be making comparisons. So then um, I'll go over another form that just kind of gives them the ABCs. You're going to feel pressure on your ears. Feels like an airplane. You've got to make your ears pop. Themselves, you know, try to make a few things uh, just very, very notable. So then, if they're having any pressure sensation in sinuses or ears while they're building pressure, uh, we've had that communication. You've got to let me know. And I'm watching their face. They're feeling. Or, yeah, and then you ease off a bit and stay there for a while before you go deeper, right? If they won't say it, I, I, I pray to, to see that recognize the body uh, yeah. language. Yeah. I see tears when I come to your eyes. Yeah, that's an indication. So, uh, but uh, it, there's, that is the number one deal. That, uh, oh, number one of two things that we really, really watch for in hyperbaric, just simply getting their ears to clear. Right. I don't remember with you, but uh, when you've gone through the hyperbarics, you've got all that stimulation, the energy, the body's detoxing. Um, what can we relate that to? Uh, let's relate it to the flu. Uh, what happens is when you have the flu, yeah, get thick, stuffy, cloggy, gross, yeah, mucus drainage. And where does that happen in the ears? Now, that's a symptom of detoxing. That's not a problem. It's not time to start taking something to dry it up. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, but we got to recognize that. And that usually indicates how fast the body is detoxing. Not everybody has troubles with their ears. Usually one point or another, they might have an issue with their ears. 
But as soon as they start saying, well, during the, the day or the night, I asked them, I said, did, last night when you left, um, did you have to feel like you had to keep popping your ears or you feel like you get a little fluid buildup? Ah, we can still do treatment today, but let's go into the other room and put some ozone on your ears. Let's do yeah. that for three, four, five minutes. Works miraculously. You know, 90% of the time, it's taken care of. Uh, and so anyways, that's been a very big tool. Yeah, it, it, I'd have to assess that that had to be in a very supportive therapy for me because I had a lot, I had a very, very, I think I had mono before I flew once I had really horrible, well, Epstein-Barr was severe. I had, I had a good dose of it and I flew and I messed up my inner ear and I do have a little bit of hearing loss, but a lot of times, particularly, well, let me tell you this, when I'm in Florida where there's mold everywhere, I always have congestion in this year. And then at certain times in spring in Tulsa, same thing because the allergy con, con, you know, in green country is crazy. But so I do have inner ear problems on my right ear. It often feels clogged, but I managed the chamber. Okay. And I'm, I imagine it was because I did, I did those. Did we do the ozone with you? We sure did. I can't remember. And then if it comes very severe, um, we've had some people where there's pressure in the forehead, very rare, mm -hmm. but they know it, you know, they've been mm -hmm. on a plane before, they know they're going to have trouble. So yes. these, um, in cases like that, we will put them in the ozone sauna. We, we don't use the sauna a lot, but mm -hmm. that's a good backup tool. Uh, we try to focus our services on primarily hyperbaric oxygen. We were with support with supporting it. Yeah. Well, I kind of went into this thing. Ah, I'm going to do it all, but yeah. You know, if you probably charge less than half of what a normal yeah. freestanding clinic would. And I, and I have to admit, the downside of that is you just don't have um, you know, all your minions running around and servicing yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work that way. So, the, you know, if I got into, well, we do have the, the LED right, the light table, um, and right. we do the ozone is needed, we do the sauna is needed, right. uh, but don't push them. You know, I, mm -hmm. I use a weapon to, if mm -hmm. someone, and, you know, I got really bad dermatitis. I can't afford the chamber. Yeah, we head right over to the, or, um, uh, oh, the, what's the other one? Well, just real bad, uh, nasty skin situations. We'll send them to, to uh, do, do the ozone a lot of times. Or if they can clear their ears, sometimes, once in a while they can't. So we send them the, the, the ozone sauna. But uh, we know the hyperbaric will, will quickly uh, remediate that, turn that around. Okay, then just for... In layman's terms, tell us, because we know what oxygen does in the body, but, you know, ozone is, you know, one electron off from that. How does that work and why is that supportive? Imagine we're, we're doing a lot of work in the hyperbaric, but it saturates every cell in the body. Not, I say that like that's a problem. That's not a problem. That's the liver. So it's detoxifying the liver. It's getting the, the kidneys. We've had people slated for dialysis and while they're doing hyperbaric, they didn't have to because it's so supporting. What is going on? It's an oxidative or the body uses a, oxygen in its formula to neutralize toxins. Um, when you go in the sauna though, okay, let's say we overdid it a little bit with the, the hyperbaric. I mean, you don't have to overdo it. But let's say we're overdid. Now the person's like, oh my gosh, I'm really getting drained. I feel crappy, yeah. Why would I use ozone, which is just another form of oxygen? We've 
we take an oxygen, if we put it by an energy source, it could be an ultraviolet light or whatever kind of mechanisms they have to, to really amp up the energy. So it causes, uh, they say, oh, ozone is O3, that's three molecules of oxygen adhering together. That doesn't occur naturally in nature. Um, so in other words, we added this extra energy, like the lightning going through the air, or in our case, we got it in a little box. So we're, we're, we're causing these oxygen molecules to adhere together. Now, as soon as they come out of that, they're looking for something to attach, attach to. to. Mm -hmm. In a sauna, your steam sauna, your body's warm, the pores are opening, the ozone flows more readily into mm -hmm. the skin, uh, the blood's immediately going to pick it up. And and what's the biggest problem with somebody detoxing too fast? You get a uh, congested lymphatic system, right? And you get, oh, I'm starting to really get all these tender spots. Yep. Where does the blood go when it's picked up from the body and returned to the cycle? It goes to the lymphatic system. So now you have this neutralizing weapon through giving those lymphatic systems every opportunity uh, to, to be released. Right. Uh, and when you have people that are being told, I got to have my lymphatic system taken out, uh, yeah, we want to work the, the ozone sauna for, for a good bit and, and use the frequencies to command lymph drainage and so forth. We, we do use that. Okay, back, back it up. People, people are being told what about their lymph systems? Oh, they're going to have to, especially around uh, the threat of cancer treatments. They oh, having lymph nodes removed. Automatically harvest yes. the lymph. Whether that's gotcha. curable, yeah, the reversible. Storage, yeah, the little storage on, tanks that need to be there. Yeah, I got you. missed a step here. Okay, let's keep it clean here. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Okay, so you did go over some of your other supportive therapies with healing along with the HBOT. Um, and that's your line. Or, or my, right? Yeah, go uh, ahead. Um, the biosfilm is a biggie. Um, yes, it is. Now I've had some people say and try to throw studies at me that said that the oxygen dissolves the biofilm. That sounds good. And, and, and to the degree that may be right. To me, we need to, um, again, I'm not, gonna I'm not the complete package to take care of Lyme. I love it when you're working with somebody that really experiences and knows and has knowledge and experience with treating Lyme. And then we support that process right. with hydric oxygen. But I recognize that I've had people come in with, uh, well, maybe it was their own diagnosis that, that their Lyme was bothering them. And, and we, we did the high pressures. We did the two times a day. Those kind of experiences when you don't have a really, really, really good outcome or, you know, extraordinary, like, oh, yeah, I'm all better. I'm all healed. You realize you, you really want to work synergistically. Know mm -hmm. what to do to, to help break down that bias film. Um, I'm just curious. Because so much has been said with the finbendazole. I don't know if you know Dr. Lee Merritt. She's one of the five mm -hmm. doctors guilty of thinking critically. And <laughs> Lee Merritt. Yeah, um, she has a really good uh, talk about. Um, she, well, this word needs to get out. I, I hope I don't get you in trouble. But she, uh, in the last couple of years, with all the weirdness that's been going on, they have to try to actually help people out of this mess or out of their physical ailments that they're being, are just worsening. So she's worked with para, parasitologists, people that work with parasites. And parasites. Mm -hmm. And um, they say, yeah, we, we identify. Well, anyways, but they identify as parasites. Uh, it seems that Western medicine identifies with their 
CAT scanning and so forth, these little white specks. Hmm, it's the same thing. So she has a real good fenbendazole uh, protocol. So, and I would say that we, some you were talking about even for your, uh, you were relating to your own situation currently. I think the Lyme has to be treated just like parasite protocol. In other words, it's gotta be ongoing, mm -hmm. it's thorough. And she, I'm not saying that fenbendazole is the end all by any means. It's a good solid place to get started though, because mm -hmm. she'll see how the, the parasite, uh, they lay 20 to 200,000 eggs a day. And mm -hmm. the body tries to cyst those in to isolate it. Capsulating them, yeah. So over years, you get so many of these, it puts such a demand and a drain on the immune system. Now the body gets introduced to the autoimmune. Yeah. Um, and all the other co-infections that happen with Lyme, yeah. So what she points out, and I always had this philosophy, well, the eggs only hatch on the, the new moon or whatever. Full moons, yeah. Or full moon, new moon. Uh, she will bring a little different perspective. And I really, I really uh, encourage this for our people. And that is, uh, as soon as the, you, you do something to nuke the adult, mm -hmm. adult, they no longer are putting their hormone into the system that tells the eggs to stay put. In right. other words, too much competition. So as soon as that hormone is gone, the next batch is, is, is going. So she does a three days on. Yeah, pulses it, yeah. And then five days off. So mm -hmm. she'll keep that up for a couple months. And then now uh, she's been doing it for probably six months. So now she's to the point where she's almost taking it three days on and almost uh, almost 30 days off. So, you you know, you do come out of that thing. But I just uh, I encourage people to look at because look at it. when you say she are you talking about Dr. Lee? Oh, Dr. Lee. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And where is she located? You have, don't have to ask me difficult questions. I just oh, okay. I'll, I'll tell everybody to Google it. I'll look it up and I'll put it in the podcast. I'm Rumble. Notes. That's where she lives. Yeah. So, no, I'm silly. I'm silly. I just uh, that that's a. Uh, I never really thought of that. Yeah, it's okay. I'll 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 post that in the notes. So no, that's no. that is an awesome addend awesome addendum. That was thanks for dropping that. That's good. Yes. See, early on when people were having a lot of problems and they knew that there was something not right about what was going on medically. Um, then I, I started uh, the ivermectin with the, the cream, um, yep. you know, the, the, the horse cream. And mm -hmm. interesting thing, I didn't notice until somebody brought me a box in probably a year later. Um, it's, it compared itself to fenbendazole. Wow. Okay. And so the pathogens attacking were just slightly different. So I think anytime you can get the two of them to work together. Well, and that makes, that makes sense because I know. Not together, line. not together, but, but do a couple of weeks on one and then go. To yeah. The other. Hit it, hit it. Yeah. And that's true because with um, long COVID, especially because, you know, if people with Lyme, you know, their immune systems are so compromised. Yeah. So people have been doing the ivermectin protocol and I've been seeing a lot in the Lyme community where it's eradicating it. Wow. That's awesome. Um, and, um, okay. Now I was going to say something right on the heels of that, but I don't know. Maybe in a bit there. I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh, it's okay. Well, if you think of it and it's there, well, we get, we just get excited about all this, yeah. good he all these good healing opportunities for people. Well, with that being said, Kevin, and I'd like to spend a little time on this. So if you, if you know, kind of like for Lyme disease example, what is the typical number of sessions and depth that people 
have been coming to you for as far as how, how many dives they're doing and how deep do they go for Lyme, for example? We have gone, uh, the literature says you go for either 20 or 40 treatments and they're talking about how it's all eradicated. Well, you know, that doesn't happen real often in, in our clinic. Um, okay. Recognizing that, I don't know what stage they- um, uh, Like if it's new or if it's chronic and been bedded for 20 plus years. Right, there's yeah, variables. There's other variables. Everybody is different, right. But so as like ex experientially based and you know, you have the literature and some of that's anecdotal, some of it's scientific, but then like, what, it, what have you seen? Like, what is kind of what doctors write to you and send to you? Like I was ordered 80 dives, not specifically for Lyme, but just as a TBI in general. And I was supposed to go like, I want to say, is 2.4 ATA sound right? Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. So if you ever can get that person up to 2.4 atmospheres, that's a pretty aggressive pressure. In other words, we have to ease past mm -hmm. their over detoxifying uh, that, that part of the, the cycle. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I try to stay away from, um, number one, I don't know absolutely how many it's gonna take for that individual. So mm -hmm. I try to go as needed, watch as the circumstances dictate. But with Lyme, I let them know that you're, we're gonna do 20 sessions. And At least, yeah. Very, very likely do, do 40. So you get your radar set on it. But then as best as I can, or depending if the situation opens, it lends itself to it, I will encourage um, you know, them to, to be, make sure they're being involved for the rest of things. Now, we, I have heard that the, uh, the, the red light therapy, um, they have a, a red, oh, I don't know if it's red and infrared. No, actually, I don't know if it's infrared or red and infrared. Uh, the, the things that you can put the paddles on the wrist and put one under the tongue. Mm -hmm. I, people, the, the practitioners that, that do that kind of thing say they, they've eradicated it. But I, I, I get nervous when people say, oh, we eradicated it. Uh, that's good. You knock the symptom. I think it's a valid tool. Mm -hmm. I agree. You can tell there's an element of excitement and reality in what I've heard. Um, but now I would be wondering if I shouldn't start continuing on like a thin benzoyl protocol to keep that cleared from the system. To keep it clear. Well, and here's the thing about Lyme is it's in layers and it hides. It's a stealth infection. It's complicated. Yeah. I actually. That's the key word, infection. Yeah. And, you know, like with anything, it can become latent, whether it's vial or, or whatever. And the body still carries that imprint. Right. So what what upsets you? Like, did you get emotionally upset? It doesn't necessarily have to be that you got another tick bite. Something could reactivate that in the body. And I know for me, like I'm functioning, I would say the best thing that I've ever done for myself was committing to doing the dives with hyperbaric and then the brain training that I do. And if I had a do-over, I would have focused on brain health from the get-go because if your central processing unit isn't working, the rest of your body is not working. But I recently got some testing back that still showed that there's some Borrelia in there. And, and I know because my body tells me so, I'm not, I'm not 100%. I'm way better than I was and I'm functioning better. And some people say, yeah, my Lyme is cured and some say, no, I'm in remission. So 
does it matter? I mean, to me, they're labels and um, it's hard to compare yourself to think, well, am I in the clear or not? It's the same thing if you've had other, you know, even cancer, it's like, you know, if you listen to my podcast with Dr. Robbins, he'll say from the get-go, if we all live long enough, we will all die of cancer. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's in the, it's in the body, but how can we support the body and where's our quality of life at? What's our symptom picture look like? So if we're always validating ourselves based on diagnostic tests, whether we feel good or not, then we're kind of in trouble. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, um, yeah, I think that's a safe thing to say because I get that question a lot. I have this problem. How many neurofeedback sessions do I need? And I say, you know what? I don't know because I don't know what your brain's going to do. But it's a fun journey to find out. And here's a supportive tool. Does hyperbaric, is it that magic cure? Probably not. I don't think there's a single thing out there besides maybe if Jesus touched you himself, that is the cure. I think these are all tools to support the body and, you know, get out of the body's way, stop the wrongdoing, all of that. Yeah. To when, allow the body the body. Is, when the body is weak enough, um, like if you threw one more thing at it, it's not gonna, well, let me give that an example. Um, you get somebody that's got a very, very, uh, very low energy, real chronic fatigue problem. Right. Uh, you know that yeah, you're going to have to start cleaning Go up slow. Yeah. And we're going to have to clean up the pathogens that are now taking residency there because they're ideally suited to a, a sloppy mess or, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, stagnant pond. Uh, the stagnant pond. Well, no, it's the same thing. And then like you had mentioned earlier, just that mitochondrial dysfunction that takes over, like there's not enough energy in the body to even detox at that point. So if you were going to kill a lot of parasites, what's going to happen? You're going to have all of that ammonia going into the system, all of this, this yeah. uh, off of, and the protein breaking down. Well, that added, that, that just that made things worse. It, yeah. You know, on the road is going. So that's where hyperbaric comes in. Now you the locomotive. Now you've got the fuel mm -hmm. engine going again. You keep that mechanism turning. That's where I think is an ideal sweet spot for hyperbaric. Yes, mm -hmm. the lung conditions, mitochondria dysfunction, liver problems. Yes, that will spontaneously be taken care of with hyperbaric. But you got to get at the root cause. Right. Was getting to the root cause. You know, they're just simply when people are really, really chronically feeling terrible, um, I hate to use the word, but they just don't feel like living. You know, they yeah, lose. No, it's true. Lose. There's no vitality. Fire. They yeah. don't have a, they don't have any hope or they don't feel good enough to have hope or something. So I hear that over and over again, where they've been in treatment for a couple of weeks and they go, you know, two weeks ago, I didn't care if I lived. Yeah. Um, now they're now they're active they're cooperating with the process you know i love that what a testimony for getting up and going to work every day right it is good it is good um you know i'm gonna can i back up to the lime just a little bit sure because dr merritt talks about the fembendazole as being able to um attack the cyst break down the cyst walls of the eggs um I don't know if that's the lime, or I mean, I'm sorry, what, what is the coating of? Uh, biofilm. Of the biofilm. I don't know if that's one and the same, but I know that before long, we're gonna have enough opportunities to have experience to, to kind of answer that question, because if it is, that's, that's wonderful. Um, mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. You got to get through the biosphere. Or what happens at a later date? Did it come out? So I think that her attitude that um, even the cancer is a parasite, because that's what the guys that study parasites. And they said, well, well, your Western medicine, that's the same thing we see. You know, they, they're going to use radiation to kill the parasites. But we wouldn't dare say that because everybody's going to lose their funding. So they got to keep, you know, <laughs> keep the wall securely. But I wonder if on the, um, uh, with, the, with the Lyme that you wouldn't treat it the same way. Now, after you've gone through your 20 treatments or 40 treatments or whatever of hyperbaric, you've got to stay on a maintenance dose because that, what you say is the, you, you described as the memory of it. Um, and I, I'm, I'm asking a question here, all right? I'm obviously, I'm not going to be the expert, but how much of that couldn't be parallel to the, the parasite and uh, a paradigm that um, those cysts are in there and they're, gonna, they're going to keep uh, hatching for generations to come. If you oh yeah, them. no, they fight to stay. They like to stay when that host so, gets them. Yeah. Just you know, maybe a, maybe two or three days a uh, a month, you you're going to go on with bendazole and just keep cleaning that mess up. You'd have to dealing with the cancers. We had a lady that uh, she had a very fast growing tumor in her uh, in her bladder. Obviously, they had to have it removed. It was it was really inhibiting other bodily functions, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then they were. They were saying, uh, oh, I don't know, in a short period of time. She came to us because her brother had had such a wonderful results with hyperbaric. It, uh, he had some prostate cancer or something mm -hmm. and it turned his life around. And he said, mom, you got to go. This lady's in her 80s. Mm -hmm. um, and anyway, so after having the surgery, getting the tumor removed, which was quite large, uh, she was told within a few weeks that it was starting to reoccur at a tremendous mm -hmm. They were trying to get her all scheduled for radiation, all the things, the chemo. Um, so we we did it. We only had her for two weeks before her next CAT scan, and we said, let's 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 do the parasite theory here. Let's, let's just play. You know, um, I don't say let's just play and we'll play with their lives. Let's consider way. it. Yeah, let's consider it. Um, and we we probably did no less than four hyperbaric a day. Uh, for two four weeks. Four a day? Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Four in a week. Uh, one four in a week. Day. Okay. Gotcha. I was like, yeah, that is aggressive. Yeah, that's pretty aggressive. <laughs> Nobody's ears could have withstood that. Yeah, I don't think so. So then she went, finally, finally got her CAT scan and uh, she said the, the tumor is totally diminished. So now when she gets to talk to the oncologist, oh boy, should I, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> coming back to something you were talking about earlier, you said there's an element of uh, we can get so OCD on things and get caught up on the scan. Oh, my, this level, that level is up and down a bit, and I'm getting paranoid and I got to get this level fixed. Yeah. Are you having symptoms? I mean, I get it. There's a, there, there's a point when you want to see that there could be a shipwreck ahead. I get it. You've you yeah. got to see that a little bit in, many, in some cases. This lady, the symptoms said, the body was taking care of it and the natural things were working out. And then, you know, the oncologists don't, when they just see what they see a week before, yeah. before uh, you're in their program. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, lady, she's saying, but, 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 and he says, lady, you got cancer. Mm -hmm. So that's scheduled for chemo. And that's, we, I, I honor that respect you have for uh, the medical position. Come a point when you're willing willing to step off the train for a minute and say, 
but it seems to be going the other way. Yeah. Yes, you may have microscopic cellular cancer, but why don't we ride this train a little while mm -hmm. and just see if we're on the right, if it's going the right direction. And in other words, I'm not going to call you wrong, doctor, because I can't say I'm right. Right. Um, and you want to trust the science and I get that too, but. But you know, listen to your body. Listen to your yeah, body. Listen, listen to your <laughs> okay. body. Terrible example. I'm sorry. I'm going to give you a terrible example. You hear people all the time, not all the time. I've heard more than I care to hear where women get tested and they say, oh, you're genetically predisposed to breast cancer and you can finish the rest of the story. I can't believe it. And that's no. Okay, let's go positive. What can hyperbaric do? <laughs> I'm sorry. So it's like, yeah, yeah. The, you like to cry out and say, they say, follow the science, follow the science. But I go, yeah, but anecdotal counts. You know, what's yeah, really, it does. really yeah. feeling and symptoms. We can't pay attention to that because that's right. our best. Right. In many cases. Right. Well, and it's true. I have a perfect example of um, that because I fell a few weeks ago and had an MRI and I have herniation in L4, L5 and S1. And I found myself in a very plush, busy uh, <laughs> specialist that did spine surgery. And something didn't feel right for me. You know, if I, and then, you know, I talked to my acupuncturist, I talked to my chiropractor, I talked to, and then I kind of assessed myself. It's like, well, did the fall cause the herniation? Well, that could have been there. Because a lot of people have herniated discs walking around and they don't have any pain. So, um, you know, I backed away down that spinal surgery pathway that I was on and learned that there was something completely completely different that my body was trying to tell me that was off that was related but not that and so our diagnostic test I think should be seen as a tool but not you know the final words so but anyway so give me give me some of your favorite because I know we got to go give me give me some of your favorite things that you have seen that have just made you go wow I that I didn't expect that because you've well, probably seen a few. Let me come to that. But when you talked about back things, we had a physician in here a few, several years ago. Um, he had two problems. He had hardware in his back and he was walking very, very hunched with lots of pain. And took a lot of pain medication, but he was, he was about to lose his license because he was addicted to the pain medication. Mm -hmm. He did the sauna, ozone sauna and hyperbarics within a couple of weeks. Man, he says, man, my back feels so much better. And he's standing straighter. He's off the addiction. That oxygen oh. helped to break and stop that, that addictive uh, process in many cases. But some of my favorite situations, um, I'm going to tell a little bit of a sad one at first. Mom had a stroke. The daughter brings me in. I'm saying, yeah, you know, the protocols say you got to do 40 of these, five of them a week. I mean, and it's a lot. Yeah. But, and, the, and the mom's sitting there in a fully supportive chair and drooling and, and no response at all, no response at all. I mean, no uh, ability to outwardly tell that she can tell what's going on or she has no response. She probably knows what's going on. But um, so, you know, they lived far away. We can only afford to, we can only take the time to come in once a week. So what do I do? Hey, but that doesn't follow the science. You know, you got a problem here. Um, yeah. We did once a week and I don't know how many weeks we went, but there wasn't long. That mom was emotionally responsive to her daughter. 
she had an emotional response and communication back with the daughter. So that's big to me. And that's when I yes. learned, Kevin, get off the protocols. When you work around the doctors and you're getting all these hospitals feeding in things when you're under insurance, uh, yeah. you just protocol. Hey, Kevin, have that chamber uh, reserved for that person for the next month, you know, whatever. I mean, that's a secure lifestyle, but that's not the world we're in. Yeah. No, we don't do insurance. We don't have this, you know, you can't just, well, the, the doctor said you got to get for whatever. We listen to the body. We listen to what they're able to do. We've got to, mm -hmm. we got to factor in. Uh, right. They've already mar mortgaged the horse to do, you know, I mean, on and on and on you go. Uh, there's a lot of factors in, in life. So we try to see that enough uh, synergy is coming together that they're going to get as much. We've had military guys who've worked almost since we opened with guys who are trying to get it covered by insurance for mm -hmm. and yeah. PTSD. And uh, oh, marvelous, marvelous response. You know, these guys that are, have situations you don't want to know about, yeah. chronically out of commission. And uh, so in, in some of these cases, uh, oh, we, we can't get him in for 40 times. He can only come in 10. Um, Better than none at all. It shouldn't be an all or nothing thing. Yeah. Months later, I'm afraid to ask on people like that. I don't feel want them to feel like I'm hounding them. Like, come on, you know. Yeah, I got to get you in here. Yeah. Months later, I hear that. Uh, oh yeah, he has a personality back when, like, when he was in high school again. <gasps> oh, refreshing. So I can never say only science only. Yeah. Sometimes science can be used as a manipulative tool. Mm. I'm, I'm just, I'm saying that I'm trying to be uh, honest as I can be. Yeah, I'd, I'd love, I, I always used to read what the protocols are. Yeah, with osteomyelitis, bone infection, I know it. You're, you're going to have to have 20 treatments. Radiation damage, yeah, it's 25 treatments. That's how long it takes to get the inflammation. What is, what is radiation inflammation do to the veins? It causes it to clog up gradually over the next few months. Um, so the hyperbaric reverses that process. Mm, blood flow and you yeah. have to give it time to heal and create new vasculature that's been damaged is totally mm -hmm. away. Um, speaking of radio so we know from the science that if we went 25 treatments they're going to be up to 80 percent of their normal circulation and in the jaw that's big because they can't do any uh, oral work until you, they know they have circulation enough circulation if it's been radiated and injured um mm. They do work you're going to have sudden bone necrosis it's going yes. to because there's nothing going to be support the stress of the right procedure mm -hmm. so so there are some givens we understand that um it's going to take about eight treatments before you have a measurable increase of oxygen carrying capacity in an injured part of the body right and speaking of injured part of the body you have a, a gaping uh, ulcer um that's where you need oxygen the most uh um, yep. Seems to me the circulation's been damaged the most. So we've got right. a problem. There's a problem, Houston. So <laughs> when it dissolves the oxygen into the fluid of the body, there is fluid near enough to that wound where it will significantly get the inflammation out and charge new capillary growth. That that's the big thing that that hyperbaric was seemingly noticed noted for in the hospital realm. But speaking of radiation damage, we know that in one artery. If you don't know, usually radiate your, your forearm here, but let's, let's say, for example, there, there is uh, maybe a tumor in this area or in the throat, in the larynx. So 
they're going to be radiating and they're going to be damaging and our major circulation in this area is going to start closing up many times they start seeing worse things or other things other problems coming up downstream of where that radiation right is. right as that artery is, has been hardened and injured inflamed right away but constant she's almost here i think she's here okay i'm even done now. okay the uh, this is big the inflammatory process causes that, that vessel to literally close in. The white blood cells that are supposed to be healing and taking out infection are literally sticking to that radiated place. But now this we can't see work. Our arteries being uh, clogged up with gel. And that is the effect that could easily be explained by effects of radiation poisoning. Only you're not just getting the radiation in this one little area of the, the body. Yeah, it's systemic. Through entire system. And I think... Yeah. So hyperbaric helps in radiation poisoning or injury from cancer. Mm -hmm. That's a given. Insurance mm -hmm. company, we used to do 60% of our work. Mm. I see where the hyperbaric de-adheres or reverses some of that uh, heart problems and the, the, the myocarditis and different mm -hmm. we're seeing. I'm convinced that it helps. We don't bring somebody in and say, well, we're going to do 40 treatments but usually they'll come in a couple times a week so they feel better and we can keep that under control. With this 5G, the tower's going out. We can yes, have... yeah, there's that whole, that whole animal. And I know you got to cellular function. Right, I know you had to go, but I had a quick one more question because this actually reminded me of a client that had come in um, where hyperbaric might've been done out of order for this individual because they said it just, made them go backwards and it was because they had a high mercury load. What are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> okay. Um, knowing what I would now, I would, okay, why is that? Because we've seen that in the past with uh, different parents that just did not want to uh, do the children chelation to get the metals. They knew they had high metals. So the right. kids good for to the time of the course of the treatments. And then within a month, they were really starting to regress because we have some people will say that hyperbarics eliminates the metals. I'm not, I'm not convinced. I just, I don't, I haven't seen the symptoms and the science come together and agree with each other in that, but uh, you're energized when cells are energized, your body's storing this stuff It's keeping it out of the system because it's protecting itself. Yeah. And you are energizing the cells. They automatically release. It's like a hand opening up. They release the toxins. So it allows it to circulate. And then you don't want more of the mercury to, get, to reside in the brain area. What would you do? You got to have somebody coaching them on the binders. Yeah, I'm chelating it out for sure. Uh, uh, the um, chlorine dioxide baths, I'm starting to push people into using that a lot now. It neutralizes metal. And there's ways you can drink that. There's ways. You, you're better at that than I am. You, you know there's binders. There's, you probably mm -hmm. know, you know, the... Um, the clay, the yeah, and then the charcoal, and uh, mm -hmm. there's several easy ones, but mm -hmm. right. So when you're doing hyperbaric, you got to do binders to yeah to mop it up. Otherwise, you just mop it up. Yeah, drainage pathways always, always before you do anything, especially with lime, make sure your drainage pathways are open because trying to kill it, trying to get rid of it. That I mean, you're sick, and then you're just too sick, so you give up. 
So you've and got it's it all moving, you know, it's, yeah. it's all, all, all of that. All yeah, up. have to keep it open. So, well, I know that you are. You, and with trying to with with trying <laughs> to share on the oxygen side of it, can be uh, enough. You know, if I have people coming in, that's that's a lot. So having somebody like yourself managing that side of it, then as the symptoms rise and ebb, ebb and fall and so forth, um, that somebody else can be managing it because that. I do give as much help, advice, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. observations I've seen in the past, but um, yeah, so that can be, a, somebody has to have plenty of time to be able yeah, to- Yeah, it's important to have somebody in your corner through it because if you, when you're that sick, you can't advocate for yourself. It's just when too you much. Were, when you were in, we were, your hydration was real difficult to keep the hydration up. Now it's, you know, it's kind of become maybe simpler. We were just encouraging electrolytes, but I think you talked mm -hmm. to Dr. Robbins and said, I need to take more Himalayan salt or sea salt. And that's, that's a given because now we understand the different things mm -hmm. as the body to absorb too much calcium. Yeah. Mineral, trace minerals um, are my best friend. <laughs> yes. There you go. Especially if you're on a binder protocol, it's very, very important. So, well, hopefully we can do this again sometime, or if not, you feel inspired to be providing this information for people okay. because you are a wealth of knowledge and wow. years of things that you've seen that will encourage other people to use hyperbaric as a tool in their toolkit for healing for sure. Well, the next time, maybe we can get to your questions. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you did great. God bless you, Kevin. Thank, Thank you, you so much Marley. for all that you do. Thank you for a chance to, to share with you on air. It's wonderful. Yeah, take care. Have a great day. Thank you, too. Bye-bye.